I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today's episode, Q&A with the fans. We reached out to you, the fans, to speak out and ask us some questions uh, for this episode. And we got some good ones, so I'm excited for what we're going to do here. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Rachel, how you doing? Great. How are you? How's everyone doing today? All the listeners, even though you can't. Yeah, no, How are you? I don't know if anybody caught the morning game. We're recording today on Wednesday. There is the the eleven o'clock game. I don't know how anybody was awake for that game. I mean, I watched it, but you know, I'm on Mountain Time, and it was just nice being able to get up, have my coffee, catch some WBA. I kind of like them. It, it it mixes it up a little bit, but. Um, the conversation is definitely less prevalent when those those early games are taking place. I, I mean, like, I so last season, I would watch them while the games were going on, and I found myself, like, not, you know, like, with that feeling when you need your first cup of coffee to <laughs> fully, like, see what was going I, I had no, like, I'd watch the game, the game would be over, an hour later, I'd be like, what happened in that game? <laughs> it, it's just too, like, my body doesn't wake up in time. So today what I did was I rewatched it, I just didn't even pay attention during the game, and then I watched it after um, After I had my cup of coffee. It was a good one. It was a really good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and we're going to touch on that. The The first question that, that we were asked is, do we think that there will be any trades going on during this season? Um, and when we when we saw that question, you and I were, ta- were chatting a little bit. Who asked it? And I think, oh, uh, I, I didn't write down who asked oh, okay. these questions. okay. Sorry, not, if you I'm ask a question, shout outs, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, shout out to all the fans who replied. I think we're going through all the questions. Um, we might shorten your question because it would take a whole episode to do, but you know, that's <laughs> um, so potential trades. And, and you know, when we were talking about it, something that we both said was, well, first of all, this is the W, and there often aren't these like groundbreaking trades. But Rachel, you had a comment when. I asked you if you thought, and you were like, well, I kind of feel like all these rosters are set, except, and that was kind of the point where I feel like a lot of these rosters, a lot of these teams are pretty confident in what they have. I mean, besides Connecticut, you haven't really, I mean, there hasn't been a team that's been consistently great, but I think every team has shown a spurt of that greatness, if you will call it that, to give the coaches and the roster or the GMs or the president of operations, the confidence to say, we don't necessarily need to have a trade with one exception uh, in my mind, at least. So, you know, you can, you can call me out because I'm crazy. I would say if there was any team, it would be the Atlanta dream. I just feel like they kind of have an overload in a certain style of player. And they're really lacking those players who can knock down a shot. And and that has that Alex Bentley-esque-ness to them. They just, they just need more deep threats. I agree. I, I don't necessarily foresee any trades going down this year. That, that's just kind of what my gut instinct is saying. And I agree. I think if there was a team, I would say the dream. Um, and maybe maybe because of a few different factors. I mean, their win today over Indiana was much needed. And I think we saw an offensive 
um, output from them that kind of they needed to maybe get some momentum. Um, we did see them uh, sign Natasha Heidemann. So, I mean, that, that that's going to fill Bentley's place while she's gone for Eurobasket. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess there's some unknowns with Angel McCautry and, you know, scoring woes, maybe potentially, like, like if, if they continue to struggle, um, you could see potentially maybe a trade going down. I don't see a trade taking place with Dallas because we've already kind of seen it. And I think with Dallas, that's more of a team that, they're waiting to even just get their players in uniforms um, from injuries or, um, you know, whatever it may be. So I, I don't see a potential trade. It doesn't happen a ton in the WNBA and I just don't anticipate one happening. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the only way that I think a trade would necessarily happen um, is yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I mean, if something happened, you know, an injury or, or something, you know, something maybe like we saw last year, um, where there is a, a locker room dispute, as as they call them, um, maybe you could see something happening. But I, I agree with you. I mean, we we did see a good amount of movement during the off season, uh, per, like in the prep right. for the season, a lot more than we typically do. I think so. I think that that ship has kind of sailed, and now everyone's like, all right. I think everyone, like I said before, everyone in the league has a lot of confidence in their roster more so than necessarily in other years. Um, I think there was maybe in past years a little bit more of that itching for a trade. But let's move on to our next question. Um, and this, I think, is going to be a good one for you, Rachel. Being a former post, being a bit uh, a big, if they, as they say, the question was, should McCowan start the rest of the season? Um, I'll just say my piece real, real briefly was, Achan has been playing really well. Yes, she's undersized, and I have... I don't want people to call me out if you've been listening to the episode for a while or the our show for a while, but I have for years said Indiana needs a true center. Indiana needs a true center. And now I'm saying, Oh, keep playing the undersized person. All I'm saying is she's been playing really well. And from the leap that I saw from last year to this year, that pokey was able to get out her youth um, says a lot to me to say, okay, I trust her with these young players to figure it out and to grow. What are your thoughts about McCowan? Should she, should she be starting? Because a lot of people would argue, you know, number two pick, mm, put her I, in. I don't think it's time, in my opinion. I really, I'm a big fan of Achanwa. I'm a firm believer in some consistency with the lineup. It's not like the Fever are struggling. They're they're they're. This is a team that's progressing. They're building off, you know, what they were able to do last year, even though it wasn't anything super tremendous. But towards the end of the year. Um, and, and I mean, you look at their starting five and they're all producing. I think they're all playing very well. You've got some young talent on there mixed with some vets. Um, you know, I, so I, I personally love Natalie Chanwa. I think she brings such a calmness to this team, kind of like Dupree in some ways, kind of that leadership on the floor. Uh, but that's not to take away from McCowan. I think that's just the situation that Indiana's in. I think if anything, um, McCowan is such a, such a presence, um, both ends of the floor. And as long as she's on there, she's going to produce one way or another. I mean, in today's game against the dream, she finishes with five blocks, 14 points, 15 rebounds. I mean, she just produces. So if anything coming into before this game today, she was averaging just under 15 minutes a game. And and so like she, she plays today starts because the was out ends up getting, you know, 23 minutes and producing like that. So if anything, I, th- I think her minutes have to go up. She has to continue to get comfortable on that on the court and um, playing within this system, all those things. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened at some point in this season.
beginning of the episode, but talking about potential trades, something that popped into my mind while we were talking, um, Jordan Canada's injury. With that question mark and with Sue Bird's question mark, you have to think that there has to be some sort of possibility of the storm picking someone up or possibly making a trade. I don't necessarily know who we'd be looking at as far as what they'd be giving up, but that's something that you definitely need to consider. Um, I think that's a great point. That's a, that's a fantastic point. I mean, the good news is Jordan Canada is just a bone bruise. The bad news is bone bruises can be um, like, can take a long time to recover for, recover from. Um, and so that's, that's a big blow for Seattle. Um, if they're obviously bird is going to be out for another six weeks, minimum um, some, you have to question, is she even going to return at all this year? And then Canada, it could be, it could be six weeks. I mean, bone bruises, it's, it sometimes take quite a bit of time. So maybe, I mean, there is some potential there where they need to go get another uh, point guard presence. Yeah. And I mean, like, look at uh, Elaine Deldon, I believe her injury was a bone bruise. Obviously every bone bruise is not the same, mm-hmm. uh, but that you can use that as an example of like, she's back now and like playing, we saw her in the playoffs wearing that brace. She's still wearing a brace. She's still not at 100%. Right, so right. Uh, that tells you what you need to know there. Um, moving on to our next topic. Sorry to kind of uh, just hop around there. Um, question was brought up. If each team had a last shot, who do you pick? Um, we very plainly think it's quite obvious if I could pick anybody in the league. We're not going to go through every team. We're going to pick a couple teams. But I think blatantly – if I could pick any player in the league, any two players, it would be Tarasi or Chelsea Gray. Obviously, right now, you have to go with Gray. She's got the hot hand. We haven't seen what Tarasi's got this season. But historically, yeah, Tarasi. Um, let's talk about these. We, we picked three teams, and we're going to talk about them. We figured they were more of a, a team that had a question mark as far as who takes the last shot. So, Rachel, I'll let you go first. Let's start with... The Las Vegas Aces. The Las Vegas Aces. This is such a hard one, um, as it probably is for anyone who's probably thinking about this roster. And my initial gut instinct is to say Cam Beige because of my love for her um, and what she does around the basket. But I, I th- she teams are doing a really good job of pushing her away from the rim. Um, and, and she's still getting into her offensive flow right now. Uh, and then part of me is like, well, what about Asia Wilson? Um, but we've seen Asia struggle at moments this season where she's had some games where it's been very low shooting percentages. I mean, this kind of goes against what I'm, what I'm about uh, as, a, as, a, as a post player myself, but I think you have to go with Kayla McBride. She's shooting the ball so well right now, 53%. She's playing with a ton of confidence, scores mentality. Um, I, I'm going to say McBride with a close second is Cam Beige. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I go McBride. I, I would put my close second. I'm going Kelsey Plum. I love the confidence that she has That's this a great year. Um, well, and, and the reason I say that is is mostly because if you watch in some of the games when she's struggled, she's done a great job of not getting down on herself. Uh, in, in past seasons, you'd see her kind of duck her head. You could tell that the, the happenings of the game had gone into effect of her play. And I like to see her not let that affect her. Um, and she's been doing a lot of that this season. And, and I'm big on the Kelsey Plum train this year. I totally am. Let's move on to maybe a little bit harder of a team. We're rolling through the gauntlet. The Minnesota Lynx. Um, why is this so hard? Well, I mean, maybe it's easy for you. You're just going to say <laughs> Sylvia Fowles because that's, you know, you know that's that. what you do. Um, I, you're right. You're right. I don't. Um, I think this one's an interesting one because 
you talk about a high a high volume shooter in Odyssey Sims, but this we're talking last shit's last second shot. So you're not necessarily looking for a high volume. You want high percentage. Um, and you kind of go through this list and you go, okay, well, this team doesn't necessarily have that one person. And then you go to the bench and you see Lexi Brown. And maybe Lexi leaps far beyond this. And this is meant completely as a compliment. But I see Lexi as possibly the second coming of Renee Montgomery for this Minnesota Lynx team. A player who comes off the bench dropping three-pointers like it's snowing. That's a Minnesota <laughs> reference. And is just a, a confidence booster and a, a solid defender. Um, I'm really, really excited about that. And, and that's my pick for the last shot. I think shot that's a very coach. interesting take. But you know what? Props to Lexi Brown. She's she's found a great fit with this Lynx roster. And she's shooting the ball well. I mean, she's playing with a ton of confidence. We know she can score it. Um, so I don't think that's a terrible take. Um, as for me, I mean, you're right. I'm going with Sylvia Fowle. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's she's shooting sixty percent on the year. The the thing is, you know, she's not going to have the ball in her hands. So being able to run some action where she can get it to her sweet spot. But you know, we're talking about Cheryl Reeve, Cheryl Reeve here, who's got uh, the capabilities of doing that. You got to go to her. That's a no brainer to me. Yeah, I hear you. Um, let's move on to the Connecticut Sun, and the reason we picked this team because we obviously want to talk about Connecticut. Um, but it's hard and they've kind of ruined our podcast scheduling because we had originally wanted to talk about like, you know, what teams are doing really good and what teams are blah, 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 and contenders and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, well, Connecticut really hasn't shown us a doubt besides a couple bad games or a couple games that, you know, weren't amazing. Um, they've just been solid all around. But I think the two biggest question marks as we talk about every time we speak about this team is how they do in the playoffs. And it really, really boils down to who is the person, who's that star to take the last shot? Um, I know who Rachel's going to pick because it's Rachel. And I read her. No, no, you're right. You're right. No, I don't. Um, for me, it goes down to uh, Shakina Strickland and Courtney Williams. Uh, and everyone is going to jump out of their seats. and you, know, you are saying John Quell's the MVP so far. How are you not saying going to her? Yes, I get that. My personal thing is when I think of last second shot, I I typically want a speedier player and someone who can shoot it from any point in the court, um, whether it's half court, whether if they get trapped at the half court and have to like put up a le- shot at the Lexi Brown and that shot against LA uh, last week, put up a shot like that. I don't want John Quell Jones taking that shot. I want Shakina Strickland taking that shot or Courtney Williams. The only reason I'm bringing Courtney Williams in is because Part of me wants to say that on the Suns team, I feel like she's in in the driver's seat. But but Shakina also, I mean, Shakina's a lights out shooter with crazy amount of. Yeah, this is a hard one because you you really could make an argument for a lot of different players on this team. Jones, I mean, Thomas Strickland, um, you know, I mean this that that that's kind of what makes Connecticut Connecticut. Um, and I think if you're looking at percentages, it makes sense to throw the ball inside to to JJ. Um, but I am just really high on the Courtney Williams train. Um, I think she's got some ice in her veins when it comes to like a clutch factor. Um, and like I said, I mean, like you kind of, you kind of mentioned, you know, with the ball in her hands and ability to create her own shot with the shot clock winding down, um, she's a safe bet. So I'm actually going to surprise you. I'm going to go with Courtney Williams. She's just cold-blooded. She's just cold-blooded. Oh yeah. Also, I'm just going to throw this out there. Take it or leave it. I don't care if you hate me for this. The Courtney, and I've probably said this before, 
Courtney Williams' Instagram post, clap in my face with Diana Taurasi, was probably my favorite moment of last season's season. Um, I, I, I loved it for a plethora of reasons. One, because of the implications of the playoffs. Two, because it was two ridiculously competitive competitors um, just jockeying for a position. And three, I love when players smack, talk, like, talk smack. Like that, I live for that. I'm waiting for the the Dennis Rodman yeah, of the that, W. That stuff's you know? like so fun to see and to go back and watch again. That's what it's about, the competitiveness and smack talking. We, we, all, we all love seeing that. Yes, and well, hopefully we'll see more of it. Um, let's talk about, we were asked to speak a little bit on, uh, highlight a few players, a little lesser known uh, players in the league who aren't really necessarily getting the attention. Typically, um, you know, shout out to DC. They kind of have done a great job of having a lot of those players. And originally I was, oh, you know, we would talk about Natasha Cloud in this sense, but Natasha Cloud has really exploded onto the scene. And, you know, after that commercial came out, um, or if you want to be more exact, I'm pretty sure it's after she came on our show last year. She's really blown up. Um, but let's talk about Ariel Atkins, another player on this Mystics team. I mean, Atkins looks like a five-year vet. She Last night, she was a lockdown defender on Chelsea Gray at times. She had a little bit of a scoring sputter earlier in the season, but has just been a dominant force. And in my opinion, you're talking about yeah, a player I don't who's going to be making her first her All-Star game appearance I mean, this year. You know, you see a lot of players that are in their second season and hit a little bit of a sophomore slump. Um, and Adkins, that hasn't been the case. And I think what she did last night against L.A. really put some folks on notice. You know, she was dominant. You know, she's shooting the ball well. She, she's she's in the right positioning defensively. She's causing frustration. You know, she drops 22 uh, against L.A., shoots the ball, you know, 54% from the field. She, she's just such a confident player and just such a smart player it seems like and and we do not talk about her a lot enough at least we haven't yet so far this year but I, I really anticipate she'll keep this going because she's as steady as any other team any other person in the in the league right now at this point I mean you could make an argument for that just what she's bringing to the table night in and night out um, obviously you know you can't necessarily expect her to you know drop 22 a game uh, but but she's producing and she's producing on both ends of the floor Oh, she's producing on both ends of the floor, and even more so something that really sticks out. If you want to talk about that sophomore slump aspect, whatever, you look at her stats from last year to this year, it's literally everything's the exact same, except she's getting one, she's averaging one more minute a game. Her free throw percentage has gone up four, um, yeah, and her turnovers have dropped significant amounts. So, like, what what else could you ask for in a second season? I mean... If you ask me why the Mystics have been so good, a lot of people are getting hyped on, you know, or not enough people are talking about Deladon in this team. But if you ask me, this is much more of because of Ariel Atkins than anything I've seen from, you know, Chrissy Tolliver, Elena Deladon. Yes, the, both those players yep. have been playing well. And she's, and but she's definitely a bit of an expert for them. Off the, off the charts. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, when she's, when she's going, right. they know they can, you know, jump on her back and, and ride it. Um, let's talk about Tiffany Hayes, a player who the most, you know, well, I, we could talk about this forever, most underrated player in the league. She's been having a little bit of a struggle this season. Um, I don't know if, if there's anything official or whatever, she just doesn't have that burst that I'm used to seeing her have. I have seen that throughout the whole season. Um, what do you think's going on with Tiffany Hayes and, and, Give me and one second. the most underrated player in the W? I was ready for Strickland. <laughs> Give me a second. 
What did oh, you? Oh yeah, no problem. Oh, sorry. Okay, well we. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, okay. I can even. I'll, I can expand. I'm gonna start over. Go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll start Tiffany Hayes over whenever you're ready. All right. Cool. Um. Three, two, one. Let's talk about another player that is just criminally underrated year in and year out. Seven years in the league. The five ten guard coming out of Connecticut, Tiffany Hayes. Um. You know, she's had some ups and downs this season. Drops 28 today, so maybe she she's, you know, curling back. If you look uh, in her in her last three games, she's been going up scoring each game. I haven't necessarily seen the spurt from her. Um, it looked like, you know, she was a little bit uncomfortable at the beginning of the season. Um, but now she's kind of trying to start, start to find her groove. And Atlanta is definitely going to rely on her scoring ability for this team to make All a playoff I know push. Is what I Talk to me about what you're seeing her, from um, which is uh, Tiffany Hayes so far this season. Type talent, um, you know that that that's like the Tiffany Hayes that we've kind of become accustomed to talk about, you know, the last year. And I, I think the word comfort and comfortable is a good word for this dream team, um, if you will, because I just think things have been off kilter with them, just across the board um, from from both ends of the floor. Uh, this entire team has kind of you know, obviously they're, they're, they have not had the best start. They've had the worst start in the league. Um, but I would not be surprised, especially after that output today, uh, 28 points, nine for 15 against the fever. Um, that kind of awakens her a little bit. You know, some players, you know, are, are slower to start the season. You know, it takes a minute to find your groove. It, it takes a minute to kind of get into your rhythm. Um, and this could be that type of season with her. I mean, her, the last three games, you know, she's up averaging around, you know, 17 and a half a game. So you got to sit here and think, all right, she's, she's turning it on a little bit. And I think we're going to look back at this game as kind of that game that was her breakout of this season. Yeah, I, I sure hope I so because it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot more fun when she's playing well yes. in this league. Like she is so fun to watch. Um, let's talk about Shakina Strickland. We, we, we recently brought her up in talking about Connecticut Sun, but she's also criminally underrated. I mean, hearing Gino Ariemo talk about her and her shooting ability, it was uh, when he was, uh, you know, in the announcer's booth mm-hmm. for, for a game of she's theirs playing recently. It was really well. It was right nice now. to hear um, her get like the recognition that she deserves. You know, uh, their last game when they played the, the Storm, that game where Gino was behind the booth. I mean, she finishes with 16 points. 50% from three-point line. I mean, she she's as automatic as anyone else in the league right now from from beyond the three-point line. Um, so she's shooting the ball extremely well. I mean, it's like you can tell, too, when 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 they when she gets an open shot and the ball's in her hands, the bench knows it, everyone kind of starts celebrating because she's that automatic with it. Um, so she's someone who, we're, again, we're not talking about enough, averaging around 10 a game, but just more so shooting the ball so well from the three-point line. That That's the most impressive aspect. She's got such a quick release and – um, really a deadly threat for the sun right now. Um, I, I really hope she can keep it going because I, teams are having a hard time defending the sun because of just so many weapons that are, are playing well right now. And she is such a big reason of their success because of how, how well she's shooting the ball. Yeah, it's it's and and it's funny because I always go back to I used to I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna pull punches I used to hate on her a lot, saying she was the weak link in this <laughs> Connecticut team and I remember doing that and then somebody called me out on it it might have even been Kurt Miller called me out on it and I went back and like reviewed some tape on her and started to study her more in depthly a lot more and I felt really stupid 
I apologize. <laughs> I put it out there on social media that I'm an idiot. And hopefully no one holds any grudges because, I mean, also, she's surprisingly large. Like, she's 6'2". And she, oh, yeah, she's got to her. Yeah, like, she can bulldoze down into the paint if she needs to. And, but her, fo- it, it's a beautiful thing when she puts up that three ball, though. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm all about the three. So, um, let's move on. CBA talk, real quick. Rachel, do you expect a lockout, yes or no? No. Me neither. Um, I just think it's a lose-lose for both. I do think it's in the the best interest of the te- of the players uh, to let it be known that they will do a lockout if they need to. But I don't think it comes to that. Um, at the end of the day, the the pressure, the league will get a lot of pressure on it, and it really boils down to like th- like the NBA slash WNBA being a little stingy. Let's be realistic. Unless you believe them for everything they said, um, they basically, as Dave Barry has brought up many times they basically constantly are yelling out the windows we're losing money we're losing money the ship's sinking ship's sinking everyone still still keep keep coming keep keep coming on the on the ship though even though it's sinking um so you have to assume that they're hiding a little bit even if you give them the benefit of the doubt and and you know they're, they're gonna have to give some more stuff to these amazing players and if not uh we will start the windsider league and all the players can join our league we will take no profits and support them and get get a, a league where they get paid a shit ton. That's the best idea you've ever had. <laughs> think think we're a few years away from that. But um, a question that came in real quickly uh, while we were recording this, and I thought it was good enough that I'm going to put you on the spot for it. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I know. So it, it has to do with the sky and the fever. Okay. And... The question is contender or pretender. Now, I don't think either of these teams in regard to uh, championship contenders are contenders. I think that's clear. But I will say we've seen the Fever play well at points this season. We've seen the Sky play really well at points. I believe they at, at within the last week they were number two on the on the on the standing. So they've been playing pretty well also of recent. Let's start with the Sky first. Contender or pretender? So am I supposed to say to if I really think they could win a championship this year? No, like, I don't think either of them could. But, like, are we talking about – let's talk – for them, let's talk playoffs. Okay. Um, I think they both can be playoff teams. I think they're going to – I agree. Um, when it's all said and done, middle to lower the pack, um, finishing in the standings, um, probably first-round playoffs is what I'm anticipating. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So we're done with that. Let's move on. Uh, last topic. Last topic for the evening, for the day, depending on when you're listening. Candace Parker mm. returns uh, the other night and comes back and just gets a shellacking. I mean, th- what? It was 23 to 3 at one point to start the game. And I remember tweeting out, like, okay, yeah, but like, we know the Mystics can kind of trail off at certain points. They recently just lost a game uh, against Seattle that was pretty much in hand, and then all of a sudden they lost in the last few minutes. Uh, L.A. was coming off a, a bad loss against New York also. So I think both teams kind of very motivated for this win. End of the day, I mean, anything L.A. did, Washington had a response for. Candace Parker did not look comfortable in the new offense, but she was obviously the leader. Um, Chelsea Graves, we talked about earlier, when we were talking about Atkins, was just shook, couldn't drop anything. I will say um, a lot of shots were, you know, toilet bowling out. Um, so, yes, th- they got destroyed. But in that same regard, 
you know, it's going to take some time to get this team moving. It's, you know, this is a star player who demands a lot of respect and attention. Um, how worried are you after that, uh, that disgusting? <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried, but what, what question it did bring to my mind while watching it was, has, have they even practiced together? Like, I know we've seen videos of Candace getting shots up, but like, has she even gone through reps in practice? It literally looked like she was like, Oh, I'm cleared. And then let's just throw her into the game, you know, and, and see what happens. And it, and it affected everyone else on this team, any sort of continuity they had with Sydney Weiss in the lineup. It just was very off kilter. And I'm not even going to say that that was just because of Candace Parker. Um, it was obviously a very tough shooting night. Things were not in rhythm whatsoever um, from, from any standpoint, but the unfortunate thing is, you know, it, it's Candace Parker. She's, you know, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I am going to come at the people very, very aggressively for saying she should retire. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, that, that, that was that's infuriating to even hear because Candace Parker, in my opinion, has a tremendous career still very much ahead of her. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like she it looked like she had not gotten a lot of reps with the team. It looked like this had not been a team that had had a lot of um time together from that lineup and from the jump, you know, and then, you know, she finishes one for nine, um, six turnovers, you know, it was just for as much hype as around her, you hate to see that happen on her first game back because everyone is so excited for her to be back. But at the end of the day, you know, this, she's a human being who has come back from an injury um, being thrown into, you know, a, a rotation and roster that, you know, th there hasn't been any time for that to kind of gel at all. And that was very prevalent. So I'm not, like worried about it at all. I just think that the most alarming thing about kind of what happened was just how sloppy overall LA was last night. Um, from those, yeah. Some of those yeah. turnovers. I mean, were, I mean Candace led the way up. with six, six of their 26, but she hasn't played. So I'm not, not, not trying to say that's an, an excuse, but you kind of have to anticipate it's going to take her. She's got to get her legs under her. She's got to get her playing mode back into her. It's going to take time. It's just the sloppiness from top to bottom um, was the most alarming part, but I, that's not typically an LA thing and, and they just need some time and, and they're, they're, you know, we just need to be patient with them as this roster continues to kind of um, gel together with her back in it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, I just want to point out how the question that I have is, in my mind, you're going to be playing two bigs and Candace Parker at the three. And do they have enough shooters to do that? And if you're going to do that as your starting lineup and, oh, you can say, oh, we'll switch them out within two minutes of starting and blah, 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 it doesn't matter, whatever. No, for me, end of the day, you need to figure out a way because Elena Beard is one of the best defenders this league has ever seen. And she should be starting on your team and getting good minutes when she comes back. But you can't have her on the court if you're playing that lineup because you need her position and you need you, you need her position to be able to knock down a good amount of shots. Right. And that's just not who she is. Um, so I'm interested to see how, how the lineups work. Um, on some good news, we just got the message while we were recording. Great. Dan Hughes will be back. Uh, with the team so in the next fantastic. game. How amazing is Thought, that? Thoughts and prayers with Dan, his family, the storm. So excited he's going to be back. He's feeling better. Things are going well. So I know that that's going to be a nice little shot in the arm for them as well. Yeah, you got to think that they're going to come out with uh, guns blazing in that game. That's all the time we have for this episode. We at Winsider believe in the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us in the hard work we do.